Listeners to the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of Minneapolis City SC. I am your host, John, and all I can say is crap, crappy, crap, crap, crapper. Crap. This week did not go as planned, did not go as planned. But what better way to get over a mess than to podcast the hell out of these airwaves? And as always, I am joined by my best booth mate, the Clark W. Griswold of Minneapolis. <laughs> Mr. Nate Morales. Nate, what is up, man? Tell these fine folks what you have been doing and if you got a chance to watch the match this weekend. What is up? Yes, of course I did. So I went on the great American road trip with my family. We rented an RV. Went to Wally and World. And drove, drove to San Diego to visit my sister, basically Wally World. And we stopped at the Grand Canyon and uh, the Sequoias on the way. And uh, we drove through the Rockies and the desert and all sorts of crap. Uh, Iowa. And it was it was pretty great, but I didn't watch the match, but I did get to follow it uh, on Twitter on the game day because I was in I was in Wyoming driving home on the way home. So so we flipped the script. So I, you know I was away with at a wedding and birth of a child, and you know I was following the game on Twitter and on the on the um, the feed. Uh, the the stream and you were there and now I was there and and you were doing the the uh, the bizworm role. So yeah, man, the stream was not coming in great in Wyoming, so I had to stick to Twitter. Well, the dial-up uh, connection it was just there is it's just as heart wrenching as it would have been if I saw it with my own two eyes. Right. Tell you, well, let's get right into it. So on this week's show, we're going to cover some standard stuff and then go a little bit outside the box. Um, we'll talk about how we hit reset, and and we'll really get into what that meant and what that means with for the team. The uh, the obvious one is the Bavarians match recap, uh, the, and then we'll get into the PLA recap. Um, what happened in the league? The playoff picture is starting to kind of shape itself. Uh, there's some teams that yeah. were eliminated, uh, both in our division and in the other division. No shocker. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> leave you suspense for the folks, but. Grand Rapids Ole, not you're done, make, son. You're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> um, we'll talk about uh, the the Cedar Rapids preview, uh, and then we'll go into a little bit of Euro 26 and get kind of both our thoughts on the highlights, lowlights, maybe thoughts on the championship. Game. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, so we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. You know, soccer's fun, so the more we can talk about, the better. That's right. So, um, the holiday break. So the 4th of July comes, and it's a well-needed break, you know, just at the right time. We come off of the Madison game where things were a little bit interesting, to kind of say the least. You know, we, had a, we talked about it kind of at, at nauseum last time. We had some player personnel issues. We had, uh, you, know, the, you know, some injuries. Um, the plague hit. You know, <laughs> some communication breakdowns, but we had 11 guys go and they, they performed admirably, got us a, like a, a crucial three points um, as we went into the Bavarians game this week. Um, so we had the opportunity for the holiday break. Guys got a chance to rest, heal those injuries, found a cure for the plague. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was a, a chance for us to realign our priorities ahead of this match. Yeah. So let's talk about this realignment. Uh, you know, what does that even mean? Like, are we just... Were we trying to hit the reset button? It seems like we came away with some solid momentum after this uh, Madison's game. 
I think the realignment, the realignment and like the resetting was basically to, to get us primed for the, the push to the playoffs Yeah, and, and to see, you know, like guys are, guys are in and they're, and they're committed, but it's like, who is all in and what is our best foot forward? Um, you know, and, and to find out, you know, what these guys are made of as we did hit that uh, adversity. And then, like we talked about, you know, took a, a massive Herculean effort to get us out of it. Um, but, it, you know, what was it really enough? And and we thought, no, we needed to, you know, to sit down with the guys and, and, and have an open an open door and say, you know, here's what what we've we've had go wrong. And here is mm. how we're going to fix it. And most importantly, we're going to be back next year. So this isn't a, a yeah. flash in the pan. So you're going to <laughs> we're, no, uh, we're not a one hit wonder is what you're saying. We are. I not. think, uh, I think also it's important to, to mention that we, we started the season with just a lot of, I remember going through week after week we're we're talking about the new guys we're signing. We're talking about the new guys we're signing. We're talking about all these new guys are signing. And eventually it's like, uh, who are the guys? Who are our guys that were? Who are the horses we're riding here going right. into the year? And I don't think that was ever really clearly established. I think a lot of guys probably didn't really know what their role with the team was, um, which left them unprepared week to week to step in. Right. You know that's 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 a good point. That that's definitely part of the realignment. And uh, you know we talked about our best foot forward. And now these guys are in, and and we're not bringing anyone new in. You know. Um, who do we who do we throw out on the field and, and who's our, our best chance at, at this push? You know, and, and we, we thought you know, you look at it, we're we're a young team um, by age and experience, and we're also a young team being that's our first year. So we mm-hmm. kinda need to know like what what really who are we and and you know what are we as an organization and is it is it okay if we don't make the playoffs? You know <laughs> why wouldn't it be? I mean, look, we are you know, not to bring us down to earth or anything like that, but is it really too much to ask? And it might be to be great in our first year. Like we're we're full of bravado, obviously. We our Twitter feed is awesome, um, but isn't it really enough just to put together a, a good bunch of players that that are fun to watch and that capture the heart of metro area uh, fans? Right. It it totally is. It's totally okay if we don't make the playoffs. But obviously, just like. Everyone wants to to make the playoffs, and losing. yeah, we're trying to make the playoffs. And losing sucks, right? But <laughs> yep. But we look at a team that we just had come in with with the Bavarians, and outside of a few outlying players, they've been together for like three, four years. Yeah. You look at RW Adria in the other division or Toledo United. You know those teams have been together. Even Cedar Rapids, who you know is you know tied on points with us going into the, the this past weekend, and um. They're not a brand new new team either. No, they've got their own they've got their own uh, structure, right? Even though they're not, they haven't been an outdoor team. They've got a whole indoor. Right, Madison's been around. Croatians have been around. We're really the only brand new team in our in our league, and maybe even in the entire or in our division, and maybe even the entire league. You know, but what we really need to also find out is what made us great in the beginning of the season. You know, you mentioned our Twitter feed. A lot of people were like, can these Twitter guys, you know, back up all <laughs> just the Just a bunch of loud idiots. Right. And I think it was, you know, it, it speaks to it like when, you know, we tweeted out the night before the Bavarians game at 11 o'clock, the, the line, maybe this was all a big elaborate hoax. Yeah, maybe we're not showing up. Maybe we're not even a team. But we were like these Twitter darlings, you know, <laughs> in our first year with a chip on our shoulder and a point to prove. And that helped us play a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. You know, and then you mentioned we had all these guys in. We have, you know, we have 30 guys in training, 18 on a game day roster, 11 that start. Like, what is our, our mission? And let's get back to that. 
Mm-hmm. And then organizationally, let's clean things up. Teachable moments. We talk about it week, week in and week out. We're learning as we go. And now going into next year, we know what we need to do on certain things to clean it up. And then really, let's get pumped for that playoff push. Yeah. I mean, we got to get everyone aligned and feels like uh, feels like this was a good, good time to do it. So Saturday comes around, right? A game coming against the division's number one team is a, is a tough test. Yeah. Of this realignment. It wasn't right? like Saturday. We, were, we were playing the little kids that, that do the clinic beforehand. No, it would have been nice to have, to have realigned again before we played the 56ers, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Saturday comes around, and it's, it's hot, man. I could, it's dry. It was I really felt hot. it all the way in the mountains of western Wyoming, dude. Like, it was hot all over the country. And the United is out of town, it sounds like. So we had soccer fans that are not conflicted. We got all of the support groups that have pledged their loyalty to us. Yeah, all American of our Outlaws houses. were there. Yes, all of our houses combined to crown the king of the north. Uh, there's anticipation all weekend with the Euros. Be the, uh, the, the women's West? national team are playing. Hope Solo gets her 100th clean sheet. People are into soccer last weekend, and it looked like it, would, it was a great atmosphere at the barnyard. It was. It was our biggest crowd yet. You know, we had a big crowd for Minnesota United, which was another great day. Um, it was a great day on Saturday, and, you know, merchandise flying off the shelves. Oh, really? Our food truck didn't show up, so we snapped Oh, in. Adam or whoever, the Euro guy. No, it wasn't the Euro guy. It was like Sandy's Italian food and, and ice. Oh, so that's what you get. It would have been perfect. Hot day, Italian, nice Italian ice. You know, it would have been great. But yeah. um, what? Appar- apparently Sandy broke her ankle and couldn't make it out. So, of course, right? Uh, why not throw another level that's of That's classic yeah. Sandy. Classic Sandy, classic, <laughs> classic Minneapolis city. Um, so, of course, we snap into action, run up to Cub, get some hot dogs and some chips, some sodas. $5 gets you all three, and everyone was satisfied. That's why you get interns. Right, exactly. So um, they snapped into action, and, uh, and we took it through. But the atmosphere was there. Um, we had the Adina Soccer Club Day, so that, the whole club was out. Oh, some kids were out beforehand at the clinic. Their parents were there. We had to get cake when you were at Cub. (laughs) No, we didn't get any cake. (laughs) Thought about some. Thought about a nice chocolate chip cookie, but you know, we thought we'd stick to the basics. (laughs) Um, And you know, we also had the American Outlaws were out. The Dark Clouds. That's pretty cool. The True North Elite. Those like the the folks that didn't travel um, to the away United game were out, and it was great. My parents were in town from Milwaukee, so we had a lot of family there. We had a discounted ticket offer to um, to all the members of Stegman's, so those guys got some discounted tickets to come out. Not like they needed motivation anyway. So we had a we had a, a decent packed house for the Germans. So in come these Germans, and they are the top of the heap in our division, and uh, they're they're in the final four for the national amateur championship, which is uh, a considerable achievement at, already. Right, and they and- beat. They beat um, I, the the name of the team escapes me out of California. The team that uh, won last year in the semifinals. They beat Carpathia, uh, oh, okay. who's in the in the East, who's a, also a strong team. Um, and they're hosting. It's on August fifth and sixth at Bavarian Club. They're hosting the semifinals and the finals. Oh, sweet! Yeah. So we drew we drew at the Bavarian Club, you know, in our first game ever, right. and that was a pretty solid. I mean, I think that's a pretty solid result. Like we we're we we're pretty. I wouldn't say surprised, but. Um, happy to have received that result, wouldn't right. you say? Right. And uh, and so we're thinking maybe we, we've got a shot here. Right. So what did they come with? 
uh, shocker, strong team. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they lined up with both Braden and Logan Andrick, the, the Andrick brothers, um, you know, one division three player of the year, um, this past year, one still in college, also, uh, very decorated. They They're like our four is grins. Right. Um, th- but not as good. <laughs> right. Um, yes, we, yeah. they, they bring in, um, you know, a veteran in Dombrowski, the, the best name in the league forward, Andre Francois, uh, yes. Jim Jones and net. Um, and then a partnership the of Kool-Aid guy. Uh, what's that? The Kool-Aid guy, Jim Jones. <laughs> right. That's, there was a couple <laughs> Kool-Aid jokes on, uh, on Twitter. If you followed, um, then they had Lorenz on the wing, um, Jaros and Mao in the middle, Islami, Halawadi, and Zamini. So they brought in a great team, um, and there was no team to really shake a stick at. They, they had some great players even on the on the bench, and we'll get into that a little bit. But with all those players, they lined up in in what looked like a four two three one, um, a little bit more of a of a uh, an attacking minded um, formation than they brought against us at home. Um, but it, it was. You know they brought the heat, which we, yeah. thought, we knew they we are they are who we thought they were. So looking at the lineup card, dude, I thought that we countered with a pretty solid squad, right? I mean, who who took the pitch for the Crows? Um, so we did, Nate. Um, you know, one of the best goalkeepers statistically in the league, and number one in our hearts, Matt Elder. Mm-hmm. Um, number one in his jersey, number one in our hearts. There you go. Um, the standard Berlin Wall of Ao, Trey, Ingle, and Ba in the back line, and then we did our midfield three of. Stegward, Wexler, and SRP, Sam Ruiz Plaza. Then the forward line of Sam Forsgren, Matthew Gway, and Will Kidd. Okay. And then coming off the bench, we had subs in Hoof, uh, AJ Albers, Andy Laurie, Emmanuel Brown, Lance Gaspar, Big Game James, our backup keeper, and then Steve, Ian Smith. So no goose. Obviously, the fans are heartbroken. Injury is still bugging this guy. Yeah. So he hyperextended his knee in regionals playing with um, Minneapolis United, which is his club, uh, his under eighteen club team. And oh. um, and some something happened where uh, landed hyperextended his knee. And his kneecap kind of came out of position. <gasps> Being the green stick at eighteen years old that he is. Uh, snap back in and nothing, no damage. So he's oh. out. He's out for a, a short spell, but we should see him back um, this year. And um, you know, with you know, Lord willing, he'll be back this year. So, um, so and, that had nothing to do with his injury at the Croatians, then. Nothing to do with his injury at the okay, Croatians. So that's it, all good. Yeah, it was all good. So he was back in training after the Croatians game. So um, this was happened right. playing with uh, with his his club commitment, um, which is great. Another Minnesota team going to, to regionals, which was awesome. Um, and even um, in at regionals was the uh, the St. Croix team of Connor Stevenson, um, Hoof, and um, Sam Ruiz Plaza that play with us. So all oh, okay, of our yeah. younger players were playing at a pretty high level during the off the off week. So, um, so anyway, so, so Goose, Goose wasn't in the lineup. Uh, we already spoke last time about him being kind of our, our most dangerous threat. No uh, Chairman Hodeman in yeah. the uh, all-black backup jersey sitting yeah. on the bench, trying yep. to, hoping to suit up. Yep, no Chairman Hodeman. Uh, he, he was, uh, he was uh, you know, running like a chicken with his head cut off as usual on game oh, day. Oh, man, <laughs> that guy. Uh, but to, in all seriousness, so we had no Andy Laurie in the lineup to start and no AJ to start. Um, yeah. explain that to me, man. Cause like, what do you think the staff was thinking? Those are, those are two of our rocks. If right. You 
So um, the AJ thing was a little bit more of a personnel issue. Um, you know, we talked about kind of clearing up those lines of communication and availability and things like that. So that was kind of AJ's um, AJ's position. And mm-hmm. then with with Lori, um, that was more of a tactical look. When I talked to the coaching staff, um, you know, we were looking to counter their kind of I don't know if you want to call it standoffish backline. Um, but their their backline that was more willing to sit back and doesn't like okay. to be pressured and with our small field, you know, pressuring those guys into bad mistakes with the bumpy pitch. And I must say though, the pitch looked the best it's looked all season. Oh really? It, I mean, I noticed that when I was there for the last home game, the grass was coming in and all the patches, and it was right. looking decent. It was looking decent. It's still not the best thing on earth. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so Andy's position was, you know, Andy's a, such a dynamic forward. Most of the time, places back to goal. Um, we were looking to play with our 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 chest chest up, chin up to the goal, and 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 using uh, using that energy, um, you know, to wear that defense out, and then bringing him on off the bench, um, you know, when he's fresh. Plus, over the break, he played uh, he played a little bit of amateur soccer of his own, so he was a little bit. You know, he a little bit game worn, so it's a chance for him to rest up a little bit and kind of come in fresh. Cool. Um, so with um, with you know all that said, we started in our our traditional four three three, and we we mentioned providing energy um, to kind of face up against their back line and pin their wingers back who don't like to be pressured that they get up the field. So trying to pin them back in the defensive third, mm-hmm. um, and then hit them on the counter with our with our speed and in uh, our energy in. Will and Matthew, and then you know Sam Vorsgren could play. You know, he could play. He could play uh, anywhere, anywhere, and uh, and, <laughs> and be dynamic. So yeah. um, we had him. You know, um, moved out of that central role um, in the beginning of the game, attacking. So early thoughts since uh, since I was there, it was pretty back and forth in the beginning, and we looked to match up with the league leaders, um, kind of you know man for man, and. Um, you know, they had a few chances. We had a few chances. Um, kind of a, a feeling out portion of the beginning of the game. But, you know, we were doing what we said we were going to do. Um, but then it fell a little bit behind on the energy scale um, towards towards the middle of the of the first half. And the yeah. guys just looked like they, they were ready and amped. But then things got a little bit disjointed, and, and it required us to make a, a little bit of a tactical switch. Um, I'd say about 15, 20 in. Where we um, we moved uh, Wexler out wide and moved Forsgren into that you know that uh, attacking position. So that's a pretty significant swap, considering that's not anywhere we've seen Ben play so far. What what brought that about? Um, we were we were against Madison when when he was playing, and he even mentioned it at halftime in the locker room when I when I was you know helping out with the coaching staff was that our back line and our midfield were were aligned and they and they were they were cohesive mm-hmm. um, but the 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 attacking third was was kind of not connected um, so his his role in that was being that link to get the offense started and the dude yeah. scored two goals and set up the third. So took it care was of business. It, it, he took care of business. So it was yeah. uh, it was kind of hearkening back to that a little bit. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So, so sounds like you said a lot of chances going back and forth. Yeah. You know, it, um, you know, whether it was the, the back, our back line kind of squashing out, um, half chances, um, or it was, you know, elder stepping up and making some big saves and, you know, once again, I mean, he he really he came up big. He made some some really good saves. 
um, really quick off of his line. And, you know, I think he looks like he's hitting his stride. You know, we talked about it before. He broke his leg, like, almost a, a calendar year ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for any goalie, having to plant, having to dive, having to go to ground a lot, having a metal rod and some pins and screws in your leg, like, can't feel good, right? But the yeah, dudes, I could see how that could get a little worrisome. Yeah, you know, and, and the dude's been playing a lot of soccer and, and good soccer, and, he's, and he's, he's only getting better right now. And he's not which even is hit, nuts. Which is nuts, right? And he hasn't even hit his prime for a goalkeeper. So, um, you know, I always joke with him, you know, because I told him, I said on one podcast, he's 26 year old older state elder statesman he's only 23 so uh, <laughs> so he he's the old man back there yeah he does seem like he's the old man but he's 23 he's 23 i thought he's older than that he plays well beyond his years you know so yeah. he's hitting his stride hasn't even come into his own as far as goalkeeping years go um yeah. so it's gonna be tough to see a, a guy like duncan or james um you know kind of step in there and i want to get your thoughts on that seeing yeah. that we have we have a great goalkeeping room, much like a good quarterback room where we have a clear front runner, um, but based off of performance. Um, and then you have some supporting cast who could step in and play. I hope to see Duncan play a little more, probably, you know, hopefully, especially on Friday, hopefully he'll get the start against Fargo. Um, you know, we do like, we do like Duncan's potential. Um, but I think, you know, this team, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up a couple times more in the course of the show because it's going to be a theme, I think, but this team really does need on-field leadership, and we find that with we find that hard in, in number one. This guy is definitely an on-field leader. Um, you and know, an off-the-field leader. And off-the-field as well, you know, getting the guys together, getting them, um, you know, trying to, trying to make friendships and, and forge relationships off the field. You've got guys all up and down the field that are trying to do that. And he's, he's one that he's one to do that. And I think that that only, that makes it even harder for another goalkeeper to step in and take his place. Um, I think Duncan is great. And I mean, the numbers and the, uh, what is the, the ratings don't lie. What is he a four star yeah. recruit and all this stuff? He's going to UCLA. Um, so I'm, I love seeing him on the field, but I think when it comes down to it, uh, Elder's given us the best, the best chance at the W in, right. in each game because of his organizational skills. Right. So as far as the as the the chances go in the half, um, you know, from our build up, you know, traditionally at home you see it out wide because of one person. That's good, yeah. right? Goose. He, he wasn't there. So this was an opportunity for us to, which, you know, wasn't our game plan being at training and, and kind of hearing what was what we were planning for. Our our plan of attack wasn't to go through the middle. But really? we were seeing a lot of our opportunities come through our, our short passing and our build up through the middle, which uh, was good to see because then we would hit the channels from the middle mm-hmm. um, for a guy like Forsgren and, and Gway and um, and then you know when Wexler moved out there, um, you know so our best chances were, were coming through the, the the middle. But what was happening was, and the reason probably for the tactical switch with Forsgren was that in our offensive third, it just looked like we lacked like the dynamic runs, um, and things got really straight line. Yeah, and, and kind of uh, you know, I'll say a little bit stale. We didn't vary things up. You didn't see a lot of guys switching positions or making the diagonal run. It was more of like Matthew would check back to get the ball, and then our wingers would have to get wide to support him. So there was mm-hmm. nothing we were able to like turn and face the goal, which was kind of why we went with more of a, a speedier, energetic uh, front line. Um, yeah, that so, makes sense. So you know, when that got stale, we you know 
Wexler was doing a great job of kind of trying to find those pockets, um, but we looked to go back to what worked against Madison, and, and it, it didn't work because of maybe the field, you know, the width isn't there. Um, you know, it's a little bit bumpy. It's hard to control the ball, um, but we just weren't getting anything going in the offensive third that wasn't coming off of a corner kick. And Ingle uh, actually had the best chance um, early, early on off of a corner kick to the back post where Plaza put one in and dropped it right on his head. I thought it went out for another corner um, because it would have gone in if, if, it, if it hadn't. But the, the linesman on, on that side, and we'll get into him a little bit um, later <laughs> on in the second half, the guy was out of position most of the game. So I mean, how how is that possible as a linesman? Let, I, let's get into it real quick. Like well, the, just doing, you just kind of have to um, right. run with the ball. Well, you're supposed to be the the, the lino is supposed to be uh, even with the last defender. So that's like number one in like yeah. in like soccer 101 for a lines person. So the guy was always like five to eight yards ahead of the last man back. So like just anticipating some shit or what? I don't know. It just like he did. <laughs> Honestly, there's a dip that goes in on that fa- on the the nearest touchline, and yeah. I think he was just like worried he was gonna trip. Like if he's running yeah. full speed, that he would, yeah. so he would always slow down when it got to that point, and then he would kind of try to eyeball the back line, and and I think he missed a few things. Um, but that that aside, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but right um, after we made the tactical switch. We saw um, a ball go in from Forsgren to Gway, and he actually was able to turn and, and face up against his defender, which drew um, uh, Lorenz, who I thought um, clear outside of the goals they scored, clear man of the match for them. The guy was a beast in the back, and not from a, a size or physical standpoint, but he read the game like he got the playbook ahead of time. And, oh. and he played great. And he, he, he squashed out quite a few of our attacks. But in this instance, Gway was able to turn on him and face up. And, and Abdallah made like a bombing 40-yard run and got slotted through. And if it weren't for uh, uh, Islami um, kind of like last-ditch tackle attempt that got a pinky toe on the ball to touch it t- towards the keeper, Abdallah would have had um, an opportunity to, to try to slot one back post, which... You, which um, uh, Wexler was running onto, so it, it could have been a rebound situation, or he could have tucked it home, Just, and that yeah. was really our our best chance, um, you know. Um, but their best chance came with about eight minutes to go um, before the halftime whistle, when uh, when Lorenz um, got kind of isolated out wide and, and put the ball through into the middle to Dombrowski, who played a, a nice um, a nice ball into Francois, who was able to flick through the channel. Ba had just made that bombing run, so he maybe was a little bit tired. Um, and Lorenz was going at him all game, and, and he was doing a great job of shutting him down. It, but he, you could tell, dude was tired. And Lorenz has had a little bit of a, of a burst of speed, got to the corner of the box. Elder came out and cut off the angle, and the dude just slotted it over Elder's right shoulder into the far post, upper corner. Really right where he old, had to do it. Right where he had to do it. Um, so, you know, th- there's nothing that Elder could have done. He... You know, he may have been able to get a hand on it and, and push it wide, but it's a tough, tough thing to say because he did everything he could have done to set up for that. And, you yeah. know, it's tough when, you know, you're, you're coming out um, getting set and then that ball's put the only place it can be. So they, they go up one nothing at halftime, and then, like, the morale just, like, sucked right out of the team. Really? Yeah, because it was like we've fought and fought and we've had a few chances. They've had a couple more than us, you know, 
our defense playing so well, and then they get one right before the break, and it's like the most demoralizing thing. Even uh, after like last week when we were down twice, right? Or not last week, but last game we were down twice and we came back. That's we surprising. St- we still yep. fought, but you could just tell it was like it wasn't like Madison and the Bavarians are two totally different monsters. Yeah, I so suppose you like, go down to Madison. You, you have, go down you to Madison. You're like they back. got lucky on a on a set piece. We're gonna get them back. But yeah. this was because we were dominating them in the run of play. This wasn't that case. It was we were playing a better team, and they had the chance that we didn't. So um, the chances we didn't. So anyhow, second half comes, and so do the, do the, do the changes. So then we introduced um, shortly after halftime. We came back out with the same starting lineup. Um, we introduced AJ and Andy, um, and that started to help. Yeah. So once again, our back line in midfield was like lockstep. They were they were ill were aligned, um, but the ability for us to get our front line on the same page uh, was still not working. Um, Andy Andy did a, a few things off the dribble, um, you know, had a, a couple half chances himself. Um, one where he, he turned a guy and flipped a, a ball through to the back post, um, where where um, Wexler was unable to get onto it um, because he's not the tallest guy on earth. So the ball went over <laughs> the ball went over his head. Um, but you know, it just wasn't wasn't working. Still, you know, and Will Kid put in a, a good shift. Um, I thought that his role was the energy guy, and it has always been where he's disrupting yep. the back line, creating turnovers. Um, you know, but our um, you know in in quotes our more lethal skilled attackers just never got it going. Yeah. So um, shortly after that, you know, it was still back and forth. Um, we saw uh, Manuel Brown come on for a clearly tired Abdallah Ba, who I thought when he came in he brought really good energy, and the guy has got the shortest term the short the shortest short term memory ever. Um, any mistake he made, didn't care. Track back, got forward, yeah. vocal. You know, I was really impressed with him. Really, I um, also I just like the guy. Where were we? We played for almost 180 minutes in the weekend when we went to our when we went to our Cedar Rapids Milwaukee road trip. Like the guy just has the guy's always going to play. He's always willing to play. Abdallah. Yeah. Yeah. So dude was tired. Totally get it. Played a lot of soccer. Um, and then Lance Gaspar came on and moved um, AO into the middle, and then um, Engel came out, who's carrying a, a little bit of a knee injury. Something uh, from a few weeks ago, right? From a few weeks ago, yeah. So um, the backline was, still wasn't our problem with the changes. We still we actually were getting forward more, and we were pressing a higher line. And Trey yeah. was Trey. Like you don't even need to talk about the guy; he just did his job. Um, so you know. We kept possession, which was great. We tried to hit on the counter, which was great. We just could not mm-hmm. find the equalizer. Um, AJ had a chance on a free kick where he came – or uh, maybe it was a corner where he came in, just missed it, and then just destroyed the goalie on his way down. <laughs> and that, that created some uh, some handbags, uh, some pushing and shoving with some of the guys that I was – the Bavarians thought it was a little bit deliberate. Uh, I didn't think so. Uh, talked to my dad after the game who was there and he was watching. He said, you know, I think the guy was a little bit deliberate shove there, but uh, whatever, that's part of the game. So, um, you know, the Germans then kind of made a couple substitutions. They brought on um, Reed Stevenson, who is basically a like-for-like substitute for Francois. He's a newer addition to the team. Goes to UW-Milwaukee. 
um, younger, faster version of Francois. Maybe not as as um, as uh, tactically gifted, but okay. physically gifted and skillfully gifted. Um, he was causing us some fits, um, and they brought on um, Ruland, um, who struck blood again um, as he was kind of slipped like through. Striking oil. What? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> struck Except oil. Grosser. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it hurts more. <laughs> so um, we we had a kind of a high flat back line. Um, and it seemed from the angle that I was at, um, cause I was down on that side doing the announcing, which I, I did a stellar job if case you were wondering, um, of announcing the game in your absence. Um, oh, thank you. But it seemed as if the, the, the line had stepped and the guy, the forward pass went on an angle to a guy who was off sides, who took a touch and then slotted it again over the shoulder of elder to the back post. So, it was another case of the guy did what he had to do and nothing, he couldn't have done anything else besides put it where he did. But the linesman again was like five yards behind the play and wasn't even anywhere close to being in position to throw the flag up, you know, but the whole game that was happening, you know, it seemed to happen for us a, a couple times where I thought Matthew was offsides and, and he, he was sprung or Forsgren yeah. had one Plaza had one and, um, Wexler had one where it was kind of razor's edge as to if the guy was in position, probably offsides. Um, and then the juxtaposition of that, a couple offsides he called um, for both teams that weren't offsides. Yeah. So um, It's kind of all over the place. Right. So you just deal with that, right? Um, I thought the, the center referee, it was on the topic of referees, because um, at this point the game – the game was pretty much in the bag for the, for the Bavarians. They're going to kill out the game then. And we did our best to push forward, made some more substitutes. Hoof came in. Um, uh, who else came in? Steve came in. Everyone on the bench got in, so except for James. So, you know, we saw some other guys come on and, and provide energy, and I thought it was good. Um, but the center official, I thought, did a great job. Um, there were some, some iffy challenges in the first half where we didn't see him making the calls. And then when, when you don't do that um, throughout the whole course of the game. And it's hard to make those calls at the end of the game and right, they, the, for them to feel legitimate. Right, because what was happening was we were a team that was trying to press to, to get a goal back and to get back into this. And so our challenges were a little bit heavier. They weren't dirty by any means, but they were heavier. Yeah. And then it looks like we're, we're flying into dirty challenges or mistimed challenges because we're, we're trying to press. And then the calls start coming, and it just lo- it just it just took us out of it. So yeah. so we go down two nothing, and and ultimately that was our demise. Um, but as far as the takeaways go, um, we learned um, uh, some combos and or uh, or a combo that that do work. Yeah. Um, we also learned that you know AJ is a must in the middle, um, which you know, you know nothing new. We've been saying that for for a while. It's just kind of we've we've we haven't had him for a few weeks. Right. Um, we also saw that like Wexler out wide playing in front of AO worked, and that's something that we could go to if we need if we need to in the future. I already mentioned, um, you know, Emmanuel looks like a great replacement for Ba if Ba can't go for ninety minutes. Yeah. Um, so and he and he's also an energy guy and fearless, and um, so we saw more validation of that um, when Steve got on. You know, he started to go forward. It was limited action, but he looked good trying to go forward instead of his MTA disease of going backwards and side to side. <laughs> um, That's good. That's good. Right. Um, and then Max is totally the real deal. So, um, you know, we we knew he was a good player and he's young, um, being, I think, I believe he's 19. Um, mm-hmm. But 
the guy short in stature compared to like an AJ, um, but he's legit. So we learned, we, we validated that. And then Andy, um, with high energy around him up top and, and guys that are doing a lot of the dirty work so they can get him the ball in the best spots for Andy, um, is a must going forward. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up. And then finally, you know, we look at Elder, um, every bit the, the consistent contender for man of the match or even the season. Man of the season. I mean, this, yeah. And um, so, you know, we saw those good things. So despite the loss, um, you know, it wasn't ultimate worst case scenario. Um, you know, we needed, the, we needed at least a point. We didn't get one. Um, yeah. But we saw some good things. So if, if our ultimate goal from the beginning was a development team um, to get these guys a place to play when they're not playing in college um, and sprinkle in some, you know, some men's league veteran leadership, we've done that. And, you know, there's losing sucks, right? But losing to a team like that still sucks. But those guys are a good team and we talk about their accolades and they, they, were, they were better than they were when we played them last time. Or yeah. I feel we didn't we didn't get better per se. We brought in different players and we have a, a better outlook, but the performance on the field just it just didn't happen. Um, so we had to rely on on other people. We had to rely yeah, on, on some frenemies to to do some work for us. Well, the Bavarians, man, they're a team that are that are built for this part of the season. They're built for the playoff push. Mm-hmm. You see that when they come out and draw a brand new team like us, and as as it's going as the season moves on. They're winning more and more um, consistently. So what are you going to do, right? But like you said, uh, you know, we need some help from our frenemies. Yep. So we had um, – before we get to that, we had, uh, we had a chance to, uh, to catch up with some of the players. Um, and, uh, I mean, as you can probably could tell, they weren't the happiest, but um, gave us uh, some, some good takes and, and some decent sound bites. So the first player we, um, we met up with was, uh, was Max. All right, we're here with Minneapolis City midfielder Max Stegward. I always get it wrong. How, how do you pronounce it? Stegward. Stegward, good, good, I got it. So, Max, you've been out for a little bit for a few weeks. Um, tell us what you were doing and how it feels to get back in. Um, yeah, I mean, I was a little sick at first, and then um, I was actually in South America playing with uh, Paraguay's U20s. So that was an awesome experience. You know, they brought in 54 guys from all over, like, the world, really. They have guys playing Atletico Madrid and Germany and all that. Mm-hmm. And it was a great experience, uh, especially just to stay in shape and, you know, get that overseas experience with them. But, yeah, I mean, overall, it was awesome. And I'm excited to come back and play with the boys here. How did it feel to come back? It was awesome. I mean, um, very welcoming group, as you know. Um, very good. Or very fun to play with the guys and all that in trainings. So it's awesome to be back and be playing with my team this summer. All right. So it didn't go our way. Um, you know, totally cool. We still control our own destiny. Um, the Bavarians are a good team. Um, you know, what do we? What do you think we do moving into the next game against Cedar Rapids? Where it's kind of a must-win. I think it's all about attitude. I'm uh, kind of happy we're in this situation. I think it's going to be a test of character for us and for our teammates. You know, how, how bad do we want this and how bad do we want to make it to that next level? Mm-hmm. So I think uh, we're in a really good spot, actually, and we have guys who are willing to go out there and stick their foot out and, you know, get some goals. So I'm nice. excited. So last question. Um, the Bavarians are pretty good. They have a pretty strong center midfield. You were, you were in there for a while today. Um, tell me what you were kind of seeing, what you were hearing in there, how, you know, how they were kind of operating versus how we were. Yeah, at first um, it was a little difficult. I thought we were a little disconnected from our back line to our front line. So playing in that six, that holding mid role, you know, just trying to connect those passes at first was a little difficult. But I thought as the game went on, um, once we started swinging the ball, it got a little better. Obviously, we didn't get in behind as much as we should have. But, 
you know, it's all, we're learning still. We're a young club, very young club. So I think going forward, we just take away from today and we'll have some great opportunities going forward. All right, sounds good. Well, heal up to the little knocks and uh, we'll get ready for Cedar Rapids. Thanks a lot for uh, joining yeah, us. Thank you so much. Thanks. That was Max Deguard, um, center midfielder for Minneapolis City. John, this is uh, sounds like another example of just a kid that, one of our younger kids that really has has his shit together, yeah. and really really knows what's up with when it, when it comes to the right attitude that you need when you hit the field, but also uh, the the kid brings it as a competitor. I mean, he's with the Paraguay U twenty team, just like he drops it like no big deal, like ah oh, yeah you know I haven't been with the team much. Sorry, I was sick. <laughs> and then I was in South America. Right. What are you going to do? Right. It's like, to be back. <laughs> it's like, sorry, you know, while everyone was on, at their lake house looking at fireworks, I was just playing with the Paraguay under-20 team. Um, you know, you're right. And I think the, the thing that you, you mentioned that I want to kind of add a little bit of color to is that um, we have these young players who totally get it. So yeah. if you fast forward the team that we have now and to hold on to some of these guys for a year, another year, or maybe two years before they make that jump because they have the pedigree to make that jump, um, you know, we have then the makeup of what like a Bavarians or like an Adria or a Toledo has. We yep. have these younger guys who are maturing together and, and are going to be dangerous. So uh, you also talked to AO? Yeah, we talked to Mr. Uh, Mr. Olson. A um, little bit different of a uh, of an interview. He, uh, you know, he, he provided some uh, some some pretty good traditional sports sound bites for us. So we'll, why don't we have a listen? All right, I'm here with Minneapolis City midfielder and co-captain, Mr. Aaron Olson. Um, Ao, um, how was the mood going into the game today? Uh, you know, I just want to thank God for putting us on that field today, and my teammates out there play for them, and they play for me, and. It's really gave it 110%. So you're saying the move was very religious? Uh, yeah, you know, big man up top. Got to thank him for everything he gives us and our team out here. And uh, teammates do it all for me, and I do it all for them. And just uh, gave it 110%. So what was different kind of uh, from what the Bavarians threw at us the first half and then how we handled it versus what happened in the second half? Well, you know, in the first half, I think uh, we just weren't thanking God enough. And... And then in the second half, we really came out and showed him that we wanted to play, and he, he gave us a little spurt of energy in the start there. And our teammates, you know, they played for me, I played for them. Just really gave it 110%. So Bavarians have Cedar Rapids tomorrow with pretty much almost an automatic W for those guys, would you say? Uh, you know, God has a plan for every team, and uh, I, I hope that he has a good plan for us and a bad plan for Cedar Rapids, and uh, sort of gave it, out there, gave it 110%. So we, we went out, next two games went out, um, including in Cedar Rapids, and then we make the playoffs. How do, how do we rebound? Just got to give it 110%. All right. That is defender Aaron Olson from Minneapolis City. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah, 110%. So as we can hear, uh, Mr. Olson, a, a, a little <laughs> bit put off by the outcome, um, but you know, couldn't have more love for the man upstairs. Yeah, uh, if I didn't know any better, it would sound like you got iced out a little bit. You know, um, we can't be all roses in every interview that we do, and I'm actually kind of glad that he was a little bit uh, physically and audibly shaken by the fact that we didn't perform well, um, yeah. being that this was crunch time. Um, but, you know, he did touch on a few things that I think were great, even though he didn't give us a whole lot, um, was that the guys are trying to play for each other, and although the outcome wasn't what we thought it was, 
you know, and what we hoped it would be. Uh, he really, um, you know, he, he touched on the fact that they're out there playing for each other. And you could tell that the guys, yeah. it's, it's different when you are losing and the team's not jointed together and they're disjointed because they start arguing, you know, they, they don't pass to one another because, you know, one guy, because this guy's not doing his job and they're mad and whatnot. We don't have that. We have a good group of guys who we've hit a rough patch. We, the buzz saw that is the best team in the league and it didn't work in our way. So we just got to continue to, to do that. But um, maybe jinxed ourselves a little bit. I was going to say, some might say you jinxed us. Well, you know. Su- Sunday comes, Milwaukee goes, the Bavarians go to Iowa, yeah. and we need the Bavarians to win to keep uh, Cedar Rapids even with us, and they did not. So that really screwed us pretty hard. Uh, and it shows us that, really, dude, for the third time, Rapids takes our sloppy seconds and hurts us with it. Like, I really dislike. That sucks. I hate how that happens. Right. They. Right. The Bavarians go down two nothing in Iowa, uh, playing their second game in two days. This this doubleheader shit that Cedar Rapids was awarded basically for joining the league late is is really working to their advantage. But we'll get into that later. Right. Um, let's and go into the league recap first. Yeah. And we'll look into the playoff picture that's shaping up. Okay. Uh, so in the East, I mean, the playoff picture picture is pretty much set. It's going to be Toledo and R.W. Adria. It really depends on how their, their last games work out. But Toledo really has only one game left, and it's against Adria. So if they win, um, they've, got, they've got their, their division title. Um, the number three team, Oakland County Leaf Pile, they're only, they've only got one, one game left, and they're down four points to the top two teams, so they're done. So if Adria can finish strong, it's, it's, they're going to be up top. Otherwise, your Toledo prophecy is going to come true, John. What yeah. do you like about this Toledo team? Well, Can they win it all? I must say, you know, I, I didn't prophesize the uh, the game between the Bavarians and Cedar Rapids well, but I did call in the beginning of the year that Toledo was going to be one of the contenders. And um, they have a great mixture of um, quality coaching and quality veteran leadership. And then you add on top of that a little bit of uh, sprinkles of cohesion from playing together um Mm -hmm. a group of guys playing together so they kind of are what you might consider the whole package um i think they can win it all um it's just a matter of matchups i would you know i won't be able to make it even if we do go um but i would love to see a toledo bavarians game whether it's a semi-final or a final i think it will really show the quality that the pla has and a lot of people crapped all over the pla like, what's the Premier League of America? This league sucks. You know, it's yeah. not the MPSL. It's not the PDL. You know what, though? Um, some of the top teams in, in this league in both divisions can beat PDL and, and uh, MPSL teams. Well, this playoff race is turning out to be really exciting. I mean, right. this, you know, this, this end-of-season uh, you know, table-swapping table race. Uh, in the West, man, it is time, it's time to put our foot down. Rampage again benefited from their bullshit schedule, and they beat a tired, tired Bavarians two to nothing, um, which puts Rampage in sole possession of the second place with 15 points, and uh, they're out of first only by goal differential. So just like God, fuck these dudes, right? Like they're, <laughs> I cannot believe that this is that they are getting getting these breaks, uh, and then the Croatians stomped the 56ers for nothing. Um, it's basically a free space on the bingo board for them, right. but they are now three points behind us, and you know they're they're probably out of it unless unless some miracle happens. Uh, but it's still still nice for us to know that they're breathing down our necks too to 
to kind of leapfrog us into the top three of the standings. So there is a scenario out there in our league. So we play the, those boners in Iowa next Sunday. Then we play Minnesota United. Minnesota yeah. United also plays those boners that we play on Sunday the following week. Okay? Yep. So say we take three points and we score two, three goals against Cedar Rapids. Say we beat United Reserves. Say United Reserves, um, you know, beat Rapids. That's best case scenario for us, right? We went out. Yep. They went out. We get, we get six points. They get nothing. We're, we, leap, we leapfrog them, no problem. Right. The other scenario is the Bavarians have Croatians at home for like the 10th time this season. <laughs> it um, feels like, doesn't it? Yes. And then they travel to Madison to play against 56ers, which we know set pieces kind of their thing. Mm-hmm. So say the Bavarians drop two games. Weirder things have happened, like on Sunday, them losing to Cedar Rapids. That's so, true. So it could be a trap for a couple teams in our league. So this is definitely not over for, for a couple teams, right? No, definitely not. And I think, um, you know, Instagram user Ace Zeus, a.k.a. Uh, Jesus Orozco, he wanted to know after the result on Saturday what the road to the playoffs looked like for us. And we've got a few, like you said, we've got a few roads. Right. Um, so, I mean, you know, we, we have the chance to – we wanted to control our own destiny by winning this weekend. Didn't happen. We, wanted to con- we, we didn't have the destiny under our own control this weekend with Bavarians and Cedar Rapids. Didn't go our way. Not yep. the end of the world. That reset button we hit has to be pressed even harder now, and we have to all get aligned and put our best foot forward. Because just like any sport in any playoff race, you need a little help from the other folks in the league, right? Yeah. So – it's it's not in, totally in our control. We can only do what we can do, and we need some help. And I think it's awesome. You know, it, it's our first year, and even to be in the hunt is awesome. But we expect yeah, we expect to be in first place. We expect to win every game. We expect to you know win the win the league and the division. Um, I think it's know. a great attitude. I mean, say what you will about about the rampage and their grooming habits and the thin line between their girlfriends and farm animals. But everyone can agree. That is, it's a surprise that the two expansion teams are fighting for the second playoff spot. Right. 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 I think I, I had no idea that our league could get this this tense, and it's just it's just awesome. Right. Right. So it's a coin toss. We'll see what happens. So what needs to happen next week when when Krapich shows up? Um, well, we need to win. We need to win um, by. We need to win out. No we need to win what. out, and we need and we need a we need a, a patented elder unsoiled sheet, and <laughs> we need um, we need two or three goals. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm looking for a more coordinated attack out of this team. So is Twitter. I mean, when we were in, we were in Madison, the the team rallied around this idea of moving up the field together, attacking together. Uh, who adds to that? Who prevents that? Um, you know, I think it's. Um, I think it's. We maybe lean on experience now. Um, mm. You know, we talk about this being a development piece, and and we're, we are going to play some younger players. It's just how it shakes out with our roster. Um, but we need. We need. We need some guys who've been in situations like this before, or yeah. whether it's guys like Max who've played, at, you know, overseas at a high level with, you know, in the national system, or whatever it is. Um, we just need to get our our eleven on the same page, like we were in Madison, and just go and get three points twice. 
That's John, it. I'm going to say it, man. Uh, closed circuit to the coach's compound. You have to stop starting Gway. I think so, Laurie provides more up top, including the leadership to keep this team coordinated. Uh, he's dangerous on the attack. I think that, like, like you said, we need to lead. We need to lean on experience, and we need to lean on on results. And I just don't see him out of out of Matthew beyond the the flashes that he showed us early in the season. I think that's um, you can you can cut that butter with two different types of knives. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> I'm about ready to tell you. So, um, is Matthew Gway an excellent player? Absolutely. Um, have we maybe put a little bit more lofty expectations on what he's provided, even scoring the first ever goal for us as a, as an organization, maybe, um, but a dynamic player, a proven player, um, just maybe not having the best summer, um, that he could have, which Mm -hmm. happens, you know, you play a lot of soccer. Look, I mean, you look at the euros, for example, guys that played in the champions league and played in their league and then played in their domestic cups. And then they go into their national teams and then they, they just don't perform, and you're like, "Oh, that guy's, you know, he's not as good as we said he was." That's not the yeah. case. It just some it could be some tired legs, and you know that could be the case with Matthew, or it could just be that you know it's taking him longer to link up with the other players. So that's 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 the one knife you can cut the butter with. The other one is Andy's 27 years old, and he's been here before, not in the PLA, but he's been here before at even mm-hmm. higher levels than what we have. So if if it truly is, let's make a push for the playoffs. And let's do so at the cost of more of a development piece. Then you, your comment of of starting um, Andy is one hundred percent valid. Yep. Um, having them both play together also something we could do. Um, however, you know, it it is what it is, and you know, we're leaning on our coaching staff to put forth the the guys that look the best week in and we week out at training. So you know, we're not one hundred percent clued into that, and um, you know. Over the next week, it'll truly be um, a tough decision for a lot of places for the coaching staff, including at forward. So we know they've got Gordy Jerson, and uh, they've got their big boy Bales, who just kicks the shit out of the ball. What else, really, what else do these suckers got? Well, I I mean... They've got a strategy that um, subs their goalkeeper at halftime, by the way. And they have a strategy that works (laughs) um, on a fast, flat surface. Yeah. So, um, um, you know, what we'll see we what the barnyard. We'll see what the barnyard can throw their way. It's going to be say. difficult for them, so we have to use it as our advantage. Yeah. So we've got Fargo coming down to play for the Summit Keg on Friday, and then we've got our game on Sunday against Cedar Rapids. Um, yeah. Is, yeah. is the Fargo game really a warm-up match, or is it more of a chance to get some playing time for reserves? I mean, how how much are we going to use our our big dogs? against this uh, this Fargo team? So, um, you know, I think it's a chance for a couple things. Um, one, Summit sponsors both teams. Um, they're more of a, a, a key line sponsor for us and more of a secondary sponsor for them. Um, however, um, you never want to lose to uh, any bordering uh, team, a la Milwaukee or Fargo, depending yep. on which border you're talking about. Um, so, but it, but it, because it doesn't count and it's right smack nuts in the middle of our playoff push, yeah. we're going to see some guys that might not get as much action getting more time. Okay. Um, so if, I think if people want to hear a little bit more about this Fargo, Fargo game, we're not really going to touch on it because we're spent, we spent so much time with Cedar Rapids and with, uh, with the, with the recap, uh, I'd urge them to listen to the, uh, Flacka 
podcast. It's a, it's a, the football pod over at F L A K O G L O S T dot com. They do a pretty sweet job. Yeah, we actually were on there in the beginning of the year. What's that? We were actually on there. Um, yeah, myself, Dan. Um, Dan Keith uh, was on it also. Um, they're uh, they're out of Denver, and actually they're going to be here for the game. No again. shit. Yeah, they're uh, one of the one of the guys is from from Minnesota, so he's oh. gonna, he's going to be here. That's um, why he's rocking all the summit gear. We're going to have to uh, we're going to have to trade some tricks of the trade right exactly um and, and i have plans to kind of hit those guys up beforehand uh, and i know they do listen to us so we'll see you guys soon um but as far as fargo goes um they played our segments team last year twice um we lost uh three to two the first game at home to them and two to one uh on the road uh against them and pretty much rolling out a, a team average age of 30 and yeah. their team was average age of like 23 so um you know they, There's just uh, a different level up there of competition. We, we talked earlier that they played this FC Minneapolis team mm-hmm. and they whooped on them, but like yeah. FC Minneapolis is yeah. a totally different situation too. So right. um, we're going to try to keep it fun. We're going to try to keep it competitive, but uh, there's no reason to believe that we shouldn't be winning this game. Yep, and we need to bring home the Summit keg and, yeah, uh, man. and keep, keep, it, keep it here where, uh, where it was christened. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they have a couple good players. They have a forward named Jade Johnson. Um, and then a really dynamic midfielder um, named J.P. Songolo, um, who they're good soccer players, really good soccer players. And, you know, we have to watch out or, uh, you know, it, it'll nip us in the bud. Um, so that'll be on Friday. Nice chance for people to come out, you know, get some merch, you know, <laughs> grab a hot dog if the food truck doesn't show up, um, <laughs> you know, and, and to see some soccer, uh, you know, on, on a, a happy hour game on Friday. To get people tuned up for what we're going to throw at them on Sunday against uh, against the uh, in division rival, I'm pumped for it, man. So it's gonna be a good weekend. Gonna be a good weekend. It's my it birthday is. weekend, John. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Uh, I'll have to to wish you happy birthday. Um, wish tomorrow. Maybe we'll we'll serenade you uh, with the crowd since I'll have a microphone. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so that's kind of what we had as far as, um, you know, the, the week that we're ha- we're going to have, um, but let's talk about the weekend. You know, you know, you, I know you were gone, but the, the, the Euros finished up, yeah, um, man. Portugal won the Euros this weekend, Nate. And, you know, I kind of called it the wettest fart of any major final I've ever seen. <laughs> it was just like, really like, I mean, I'm, it's no, no, <laughs> it's not a surprise that I'm a Germany fan. Um, mm. I really thought that the semifinal of Germany France was going to be the that would have been it the de facto final. Yeah, um, really thought France was going to take it after they beat Germany, um, and then you know the other semifinal was like really <laughs> right wet fart. Um, yep. And then you go into this final and and you got Ronaldo going up against basically the, a French team um, seemingly on his own. Um, but did you watch the game? For let's start I, there. Yes, I did. I think, uh, you know, I, I totally did, dog. I sat the family down in Paxton, Nebraska at a place called Ole's Big Game Steakhouse. <laughs> and we watched with unbridled glee as Ronaldo wept on the field with, uh, with an injury to his knee and a moth on his face. The most famous moth. That was so weird. It was like from the Mothman prophecies or something. Like I totally expected a demon to eat him 
<laughs> on know, the field. It was just I, a bizarre. And I he feel, just let it sit there like a like a starving African child. I I feel <laughs> I feel for Ronaldo. I really do. Like I'm not I'm, I'm not a big fan of his. Even though I'm a United fan, like I loved having him on the team, but I didn't like him in person. Um, you know, like just I didn't like his antics, but I sure did love the goals yeah. he scored. Um, and you know, I give him credit. He tried to play. And you could see it once You could see. I mean, he's just, oh, man, he was limping and hurting. You know, and he's a competitor, and he's not going to be one of those guys who's, like, going to, you know, call for the sub himself. So he yeah. tried. He, he really did try. Um, you know, and then <laughs> you get the, the moth giving him a butterfly kiss, you know, as he's <laughs> on the ground. Um, you know, and it, it is what it is. But I felt that the goalkeeper and the defense for, for, the, uh, for Portugal was just stellar. And I hate Pepe. But uh, the dude, yeah, the dude yeah, doesn't stick around me at Real Madrid for like ten years without being good at soccer. So they played well and they won. So yeah. you know it is what it is. There like you I go. Said, the wet fart yeah, is the wettest fart of any major final. Um, so what were your highlights of the tourney? Mine, you know, to kick it off was once again England stepping on their own penis <laughs> when it comes to soccer. Like can't get out of their own way. Like seriously, I don't understand how this team is never any good. You know, it's they had one. The whole great... team is like Jack Wilshire is just like a microcosm for this whole team. Right. It's like, oh man, this is going to be really good, and then he steps on the field and he snaps his leg in half within five minutes. Right. I mean, he does that for Arsenal too. But yep. uh, when it comes to their national program, I think part of it is like the media ma- mafia that gets behind them and they just like ruins it before they even kick a ball. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and then you, you get a like a guy like. It's no, it's no surprise that that Hart is a, a great goalkeeper. We've seen it. Yeah. But just like when he puts on like the the three lions, it's like he's like a Sunday league goalie sometimes, and you're <laughs> like, what are you doing? And then you get you get like Rooney playing like a defensive holding midfielder. That's not his spot. Like he can play in the middle, like he did with United, more attacking. But they just. It's like they fire. They fire. They're like Mexico. They'll fire their coach like in the locker room at halftime, right? You know, like because they're not winning, and like that's yeah. And it's like it's it's normal to them. So um, that was mine. Well, I'm just drinking a little. Sorry, Karali <laughs> uh, keeping goal in his damn sweatpants is my favorite. That was great. Highlighted journey. Just like just some of these the the stories that that the media comes up with or the media drags up are usually a little weird. Um, but I just love that this guy went out there and performed pretty well. I mean, he's forty some years old. He's just wearing some sweatpants and some green socks, right? And he's and he's kicking ass. Do you know he's he has his own line of sweatpants, goalkeeping sweatpants that he sells in his home country? Why wouldn't you, dude? He's right. like, <laughs> right? That guy would make a million here in here in the U.S. if it was like Zubas, right? He and basically is like Zubas. They just have yeah. to be gray and not patterned. But as far as the biggest surprise for the tournament, mine yeah. would definitely be. Um, Payet doing it on the big stage, like he did. It, he did it on the big stage when it comes to the the Premiership um, with West Ham. And yeah, I, I was really keen on watching him throughout the tournament. And I mean, dude scores the first goal of the tournament, saves France, host country, comes off the field like crying, like waterworks because he just can't control his emotions. And I can only imagine how he felt. Um, but he he played great against a lot of good players, and I think that. Um, he's gonna he's gonna definitely garner a hefty price tag in the not too distant future because the dude is legit. Yeah, I mean he he basically came out of nowhere. I mean I think nobody was really looking at West Ham at all last year, um, and then all of a sudden Pyatt shows up this year and 
helps them to what threaten to be uh, in the Champions League, which would be which would have been pretty cool. Right. Um, my big surprise was the new dog, the new guys, Wales and Iceland playing uh, playing well with the big the big dogs. I think the European powers traditionally mm-hmm. are looking a little old. So some new blood is good. I think England, like you said, stepping on their dicks left and right. Italy just being actually old. Italy is actually old. They've got like a 75-year-old vampire goalkeeper. Uh, <laughs> Count, Count Chocula. Uh, so, <laughs> and even your Germans, man. I mean, I think the, the German squad of the World Cup two years ago is, is aging. And I think you could see that there's a, there's a lack of talent mm-hmm. in there in, coming up with them. The U.S. Hopefully, team, you know, the changing of the guard, that. similar to the U.S. team, exactly. Yeah. So it, it was really exciting to see to see some, some new teams like Wales and Iceland uh, uh, do well. I like that stat where they like broke down the three hundred thousand people in the oh, country yeah. and, and how they selected <laughs> the national team. Percent of the country was at the stadium. Yeah, and then they were like seven or like point or seven people in the country like are on the staff and you know forty eight percent are women. So they just like started like hacking them down into like yeah. What's left? The thirty players that were on the roster. <laughs> yeah, man. And right. and their managers, their dentist. Right. It's and he's it's actually like Swedish. Doc Hollywood or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so um so yeah, I mean my the low points for me, my Germans kinda letting me down, melting yeah, down a little sweet. bit. I think they just kinda ran out of steam, like you said, and um, you know, what about you? I don't know. For me it was every time Portugal advanced, I felt like every time they advanced, they just kinda scooted by uh, you know, skin of their teeth, seal of their pants, however you want to say it. Okay. I think that um, their victories were a little too close for my liking. They didn't feel as uh, champion-like. They didn't feel like champions. It didn't. It's not like they they dominated the tournament. It's not like they even uh, made a statement at the tournament. It's like they kind of skirted, skirted, scooted through uh, round to round, and then won in the final. You know, but with other stars, so I got to give them props. You know, it, you're you're right. You know, and I remember. I don't know if you remember. You can go back into the archives of the podcast, but I, I didn't call Portugal to win. But I did say that I wouldn't be surprised if a third place team advancing through a group was one that caused did say problems. That. Yep. And Portugal was the epitome of what I said. They were the team that came through. By the skin of their teeth, and only by the graces of the expansion of to as many teams from what they w- did have, did they get there. I think another low point quickly, but you know, I know we're running a little long here, but was the the yellow card rules like mm-hmm. expecting guys to play like five games without wiping out the yellow cards was just god awful. So fix that, FIFA. Well, fix a lot of things, FIFA, but. <laughs> <laughs> next year or next Euros, like maybe wipe fix that out. one. Yeah, fix that one too. Well, John, uh, that'll do it for us, I guess. Next week, we're going to definitely recap that Summit Keg match. Big show next week because we have two recaps to do. Yep. Um, so we're recapping that Summit Keg. Uh, definitely the more important match against Crapids. We'll do a recap of that. And we will look into the eyes of the playoffs and see which one of us flinches. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but... Yeah, I don't know either, but uh, it sounds great. Yeah, it's dramatic. Um, but, Nate, we have a few things to plug this week. Yes. Um, first off, merchandise on sale. It's dope. Um, you can get, it is dope. You can get online, or you can, go, or you can just come to a match, which would be even better, and you can get things like limited, the limited edition throwback T-shirts 
Um, availability of those is low. If you didn't order already or pre-order, um, you better get on that or show yeah. up to a match. And um, that's the, the throwback T-shirt you're talking about is the Minneapolis City yeah. um, logo that's on our throwback kit. Yep. And speaking of throwback kit, they are in. I have it on right now. I, um, I, yes, it looks great. It's pretty sweet. I, I wore it to the games. So it was not really good luck, I guess. Um, but uh, it's awesome. It's a great. Uh, it's a great one to add to your jersey collection. And you can go online right now to mplsc.com and hit up that shop, yo, and uh, get some gear. Uh, we'll be or, playing that throwback on Friday, right? Um, maybe. 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 Okay. No, no, don't make any promises. Yeah, I don't make any promises. Maybe. Um, we also we have a new sponsor, and they're they're hooking yeah, us. Goya. I love Mexican food. We have two new sponsors, Goya, but um, which I totally oh, yeah, forgot to mention. Um, yeah, Goya, uh, <laughs> fine retailer of all things Mexican food. Um, check out your local oh, brochure. Um, but what I was going to mention was Sociable Cider Works uh, oh. in the Northeast. Is they're tossing us a happy hour Thursday, July fourteenth, from four to six p.m. Where a portion That's- of the pints that everyone drinks. We'll go to the club's charitable, charitable efforts like gear donation to the, the less privileged um, and pre-game, the pregame clinics we put on, um, the cost that it, it uh, takes to put those on. Um, so get out there, folks, um, for a quick, quick blast or three uh, after work, and that'll be tomorrow. So get out there. Drink some cider. And the cool thing about Sociable is they don't, really, they don't only make cider. They've got a lot of um, – they're kind of starting to dabble in sour beers, I think, a lot of when they first opened – uh, they didn't really have full full ciders yet, so they were doing a lot of ales with um, with fruit infused in them and things like that. So if you're not a huge fan of cider, there's still definitely going to be something for you. Uh, they do a lot of cool experiments. Yeah, so come on uh, down. Cider-like styles. Come on down to Northeast uh, tomorrow from 4 to 6. I know it's uh, right in the, the key drive time, but uh, some of us will be there after 6. So come by, say hi to the staff, the players, um, you know, the, the, the members. Mm-hmm. Nate and I, um, I think my, my my kid Gus will be there just talking yeah, back to you. So, um, so come on out. So, John, do you know what beer I couldn't find at the top of any of the mountains I went to? I went to the top of uh, Kings Canyon and looked at some of those sequoias. I went to the top of some – went to two different continental divide spots. Found uh, What beer couldn't I find? Ironically, uh, I'm guessing Summit. Yes, absolutely. It was frustrating. Speaking of Summit – they are turning 30 this year, and it's, uh, we're getting close to the biggest party they have ever thrown. This backyard bash yep, sounds every like year. it's going to be fucking sweet. Go online to summitbrewing.com for more information on bands that are going to be playing, on the brews they're going to have featured, on tickets to this bash. That's what you want to do. It's a nice, uh, nice, make some summer plans, you know? If you want to get a hold of us, me and you, John, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet at the club at, at, at MPLS City SC. Uh, you can tweet at John at, at Johnny Business. That's uh, no H with two N's, two Z's, and two S's. Or you can tweet at me at Mexinate. Uh, it's Mexi plus Nate. Uh, and that's all for this week. We got to get focused, people. Get those prayer beads out. Get the other beads you've got out. <laughs> Sacrifice all of your farm animals to the thunder god and ask whomever or whatever uh, you worship to uh, give us a 3 nothing win on Sunday. I am Nate. This is John, and I this has John. been, once again, the best thing you will hear all week. Let's, uh, let's let our boys go get them, Tiger. Blast us out of here with cheat codes. Enjoy, everyone, and we will see you next week.
Goodbye, folks.